You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, really wherever you get them. And then you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail at not of the scribe. And as he joins us every other Friday at David B Walker, we got the OG on once again, David, thanks for the time, man. How are you? I'm good Walker. I just, I want to be wanted, you know, I want to be in a place that <laughs> I can uh, feel the want, feel the love. So it's good to be back. I'm glad you brought that up because as we were yeah. talking before we were recording, we were trying to figure out what to talk about. And it's like, Oh yeah. Everybody has talked because of the exit interviews. We are full mm -hmm. of content and I've made it harder for both of us today as I'm scrambling to try to get us back on. But yeah, we can talk about Cody and Malik and Mitch Kupchak's comments soon enough. LaMelo Ball officially in the top three of the rookie of the year voting, but we know that was going to happen. And we can talk about the legitimate chances of whether he'll win or not. There is a lot to get to today. Um, no nada, by the way, he's ditched us once again, which is becoming all too familiar. Anytime you appear, David, I don't know if you guys got beef. He was on, I think the last two times you were on, but yep. it seems anytime yep. you help me out, he takes that as the opportunity to say, see you and, and, and peace out. I know it's, I don't know what's going on. We got to squash this beef though. I, I, I'll, I'll slide into his DMs. Maybe that'll help. Maybe you got mad at your sneakers wins. One of them Maybe <laughs> that was the, the Jordan three wins that you got. We'll talk about that in the third segment as well. And we'll also we'll try to get to some of your questions. So not as the one that usually puts that out on Twitter, you guys respond to him. Sometimes I'm tagged. Sometimes I'm not. Then it just makes it a whole mess trying to collect all of these questions. So if you were looking forward to a mailbag episode, I mean, I might try to get a couple in there, the ones that I can find, <laughs> but it's harder. I, I know it sounds like I just don't understand technology, which is true to some degree, but I just can't find all of them. So we might have to put that off until Monday or next week. Very sorry we keep putting that off. But anyways, let's dive into some of the topics that we had. Um, first thing, David, I mean, let's just get your overall thoughts on kind of the question I think most people have have been discussing throughout Hornets Twitter. I think the first one is successful season or not how much it's tainted by the end of the regular season, as well as the play in game. And I think the the question under that maybe one a and one B has been how much blame goes to James Borrego. We can get to that in just a moment as well, but I want to get your thoughts on how you felt overall about this season midway once the injuries happened. And now that the season is over, how tainted it is for you because of the five game losing streak that turned into six. Once we played the play in game. Mm, yeah. I mean, overall, of course, I, I was thrilled with the season. You know, it's the most fun season we've had watching the Hornets maybe ever. Uh, I mean, you go back to some of those, you know, Blair Brown playoff runs. Of course, that was fun, but you got stomped out in the first round. So ultimately, it was just about the same. Right. Um, and the end of this season was, of course, just super disappointing and super frustrating. But I think even in the moment, you could feel why that was happening and whether it was injuries or whether it was some of the tough teams they were going up against, whether it was, you know, playing that many games in that short of a time span over the last week and a half or so, uh, there was reasons to why you could talk yourself into seeing what you were seeing. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I think most of us that had watched it all season 
uh, could remember, remember the good times, right? Remember the fun times when everyone was healthy and, you know, they were flying all over the court and doing great things. So as frustrating as the end of that season was, I think once you got removed from it, um, and certainly the Pacers loss was just, I mean, yeah. just horrible. You guys have gone over that. And I think everyone has tried to forget it at this point. <laughs> and I think we quickly do. I mean, you know, especially once these playoffs get going in full swing, the larger, uh, the larger uh, view of this team nationally, you know, that will kind of go away. Um, it's embarrassing. I think Hornets fans, you know, feel some embarrassment when that happens. Uh, and certainly that was the right time to do that against the Pacers, but you know, overall, it was a great, fantastic season. Uh, I think you have to feel good about it. And, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. I think what Nada said a couple of days ago, this is going to be probably the most important and the most uh, scrutinized offseason maybe ever for this team. And I think that is actually something to look forward to because if we see a lot of movement and a lot of changes, you know, that's that can be fun too. So there's still yeah. some uh, good things to look forward to. Yeah, and Kupchak talked about that in his exit interview, how they're going to be busy this offseason. They need to make sure that they're not spending just to spend even for oh, yeah. the next couple of years. They need to take an account, not only next season, but the years after that, as far as how it affects the uh, affects the books, because we know in 2016, we did not consider that when right. all of those deals were made. And so Mitch Kupchak, you certainly like hearing that sentiment from him. And yeah, you know, for me, as far as the feelings go, I, I gave you the initial reaction as soon as it happened Wednesday morning, Tuesday night leading into Wednesday morning. So 12 hours later, it was still frustrating, you know, and look, me and Nada have uh, agreed on this. We, we both agree with you. I think a lot of people feel overall this season, it was successful. I've gone over it. It, it, it really does begin and end with LaMelo ball, but yeah. you do have some of these other, you know, miles bridges performing well, and we can go down that list again. I just, David, watching that Pacers game, I was just excited for it. And I think that's what hurts yeah. so much is how excited I was for Hornets, you know, borderline playoff basketball, even if it's not really the playoffs, it was postseason action, yep. ready to win that game. This team that certainly was ahead of schedule continue to move forward in that direction. I thought there was a real opportunity. We just saw the Pacers get destroyed last night by Washington. <laughs> I mean, it was Right. David, it was the exact same thing almost. It, it was, I mean, the Pacers probably pulled out a little earlier against the Hornets than what the Wizards did against Indiana. It was still a, a very similar outcome. Indiana got destroyed, and that almost hurts that much more, right? It, it, <laughs> there was there was an opportunity. It, the Pacers were not some world beaters, and it was just oh such a complete meltdown. That's what hurt me the most. I also think you're right in it's a quick turnaround feelings wise. So Wednesday, you know, me being not the shock jock, but me going on the airwave saying, you know, yeah, this sucks. I hated seeing it, but we can take a step back that following Thursday and even today and be like, man, hearing all these exit interviews, everybody talking about what's to expect or what we should expect this off season. I, I think overall it is important to think, man, there really was a, a nice step taken forward. It, you could be cynical and say the coach is just putting out cliches and the general manager is just putting out a cliche. Okay. That's fine. Even though I, I don't think Mitch Kupchak truly does that. I think he actually kind of gives it to you straight for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I just, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, even if they finish in the same seed, you can't tell me that they don't have more talent on this roster. You can't tell me that ro that that roster didn't develop in some areas. And so I, I'm excited to see what we can do next year. And I think most people, most Hornets fans are viewing this with some sort of level head. Okay. That's when the expectations really should come. 
Yeah. And you look at this team and what happened in that Pacers game, and it's not that bad, right? Like they are not that bad of a team to get blown out by the Pacers in that fashion, but they're a very, very flawed team still, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the fun, the fun kind of hid the flaws for a lot of us for most of this season. But we've been talking about the gaping hole at center for the last two months. You know, we knew that basically was going to be the end of their season. That was going to end their season in some form or fashion at some point. And, uh, you know, it was everything against the Pacers. You know, you mentioned blame on JB. I mean, the blame goes all around uh, for that game. I mean, maybe maybe uh, Cody Zeller and Miles Bridges are the only two you can't blame. But look, I mean... They weren't ready to play. And I think you have to put some blame on the on the players. You have to put some blame on the coach. I mean, no one showed up. But again, they had been playing like every other day for the past week and a half. Uh, and they just didn't show up with a lot of energy. It was a shame because the way they came out against the Wizards, you know, they were the aggressors in that game and let it slip by. The way they came back against the Knicks. Uh, they were aggressor in that third quarter and made a game out of it and had a chance to win. And so to see them just completely lay an egg, which they haven't done a lot of, uh, and not come back. I mean, that's what's for me, that's what I could yeah. always count on for this team was to fight back. And the hole was just so deep against the Pacers that even when they were swinging, it was just making things worse. You know what I mean? So that was the most frustrating thing. But I think you do have to look at it. Yeah, they're kind of in the same place they always are. You know, if you've got friends that don't really watch the Hornets or that watch them towards the end of the season, uh, that's what you'll hear. Oh, same old Hornets. They always let you down. We always make these changes and we end up in the same place. True. (laughs) Not untrue. But the thing is, who thought that they would be back in this position this fast after Kimball Walker left? I don't think anybody did, you know. And certainly to your point, LaMelo, the big addition that has helped that, but it's also been that young core. They've finally been able to identify young core pieces that they can start to build around. And what you guys mentioned yesterday, I think, and talking about some of those exit interviews, the guys that are of the Rich Cho era that are not this new core, uh, it seems to be transitioning you know, the other way that those guys may be on their way out. So there's some changes, changes coming for this team for sure. And you brought it up too. I also want to bring that up, David. It's like the Hornets fans sound like your crazy friend who swears he saw aliens. We swear that we know that the Hornets are different. They are different this year. And I think that was disappointing because at the end they get the 10 seed and it's like, all right, no, we're different. We're going to win a postseason game. And they do that against Indiana. So we thought we might get some ammo to use against our friend who pulls for a different team that constantly clowns his Hornets fans saying you're the same old Hornets as always. We thought we were going to get some ammo and yeah. man, it didn't work out. I think that's one of the frustrating parts, but I swear I did see the alien, the UFO <laughs> was that, real. I yeah. was able to identify it, but that was coming either way. If you think about it, I mean, that's the other way I talked myself into this. They go up four games against the Sixers. You're having four games of yeah, that right. in your face <laughs> and then two of them on your home court. So just look <sighs> at it that way, guys. That's how I tried to explain it to my eight-year-old who was absolutely crushed over the last week and a half and was just throwing a fit on the second quarter of that Pacers game. Look, it was going to happen this way. Let's get it over with and let's uh, focus on the draft and some changes to the team. Uh, time that every young Hornets fan has to go to sooner or later. Yeah. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me. I don't know why that's in the read. They don't know who's reading <laughs> this, I guess. Just trying to make it through the day tension-free. 
Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theracun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. And the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. We'll talk more exit interviews coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. Nada, you asked me about why I don't have the sneakers app and asked if it's that I'm too good to have the sneakers app. And no. Here's the thing. <laughs> I, you guys are addicted to this drug that brings more yes. pain yes. than it brings joy. And I th- that that feeling that you guys get when you are able to attain a pair of sneakers, it keeps bringing you in and I don't want to be addicted to that drug. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, David, you mentioned some of that stuff really at the top of recording. Cody Zeller, Malik Monk, A couple of guys that said they want to feel wanted, they want to feel valued, essentially the same thing. And you could see Cody Zeller had his minutes, you know, yanked around constantly by James Borrego. And that's nothing new. It happened this year. It happened last year. Malik Monk, it was an interesting year for him because at the beginning of the year, he had COVID, which throws a big time wrinkle into what James Brago really thought of him at the beginning. It, it was tough to try to figure out, is he injured? Is he out of shape? Is he dealing with COVID issues? Which Malik admitted to himself, by the way, that he was dealing with some of those effects even long after he was negative after having tested positive. Or was it Borrego not wanting to play him? And anytime he would play him, he'd make a mistake and then he'd send him right back on the bench. He goes... He goes flames from three-point land. He starts to finish at the rim better, and he's a key person off of the bench. He put together a really nice long stretch of good basketball, gets injured, comes back, not hitting at the same clip. So you have both of these guys saying they want to feel wanted. They want to be valued. What did you make of Cody and Malik's exit interviews, David? Yeah, I mean, with Malik, you know... um, it's just crazy to think that back in January, there were still questions, right? I mean, really about Malik. And you mentioned like the COVID stuff uh, definitely hurt him, but you think all the way back to last season. And then it was really the first of this year, this calendar year to where, like you said, he came in off the bench and really provided that punch. And people were like, oh my God, finally, this is the middle league month we've been waiting for. Unfortunately for him, that's just the story. I mean, we've been waiting for that to you know, show up with consistency his entire career here. Uh, so when you hear him say things like he wants to be wanted and, you know, wants to be uh, shown the love and things like that, um, that's, that's great. Uh, but, you know, you have to look back at the body of work, right? I mean, you have to look back at what we've seen. All That's all you can go on. Uh, and now through two regimes, it's kind of been the same story 
Uh, you know, the leash has gotten a little bit longer, but it's clear he's, you know, he and JB are still not exactly on the same page when it comes to his specific playing time. Uh, but for, for, for Malik to come out and say that, I just wonder if, you know, free agency is going to be a bit of a, of an awakening for him. But then again, it only takes one team, um, to come out and give him a, a, a nice juicy offer and, and yeah. see where he lands. Uh, but I, you know, that was just, um, that, that was just interesting to, to hear that from Malik and, and knowing what we've seen this whole time, where it's just been up and down and up and down and more down than up, uh, you know, until recently. Yeah. And for, for Malik, I think what's also kind of tough for him, it, it seems like James Brago talks about him in a positive light about how hard he works. Anytime he doesn't get the playing time, he says Malik is somebody that responds really well and just goes in the gym. Malik talks about that players do. And yet it, what, what happens with Malik is something happens, whether it's the anti-drug policy yeah. suspension, yeah. you know, on Malik, he admits that whether it's an injury, good stretches have come to an end because of something, not necessarily because of a awful performance, right? Like that's yeah. happened twice now. And I think that's, what's tough is not only does he dwindle and kind of fizzle out and eventually goes to the bench. It's just a couple of really bad games here and there it's boom, hard stop suspension, boom, hard stop injury. Right. And that's, what's tough, you know, and, and with Cody, it's the opposite where Cody is just a guy that it's exactly what he said. I thought he was very accurate and, and, and long winded by the way, in his exit interview, when talking about all this stuff, saying what I do is not something James Borrego values. He didn't say that specifically, <laughs> right. but it's exactly what he is saying. If you read between the lines, you know, he does not, he can't protect the rim. He's not going to be the guy that you just put down there and have, you know, get two and a half block shots per game and, and scare people. He's also not going to hit three pointers. We tried to do that the last <laughs> three, four five seasons. It's just not going to come Cody's way. But the numbers do suggest like it's one of those weird type of things. The net ratings are always positive with him out there on the floor. He's just a smart decision maker. It's a little Devonte Graham E at the center position where the, the, the analytics and some of that stuff say he's a good player, but it's not wowing to watch Cody play. So, you know, mm -hmm. do you think that this is going to be a complete revamped center position next year, David? And what did I you make so. of David's <laughs> right? Right. Like, so, so or not David's, but what did you think of Cody's comments mm -hmm. wanting to feel valued compared to, I guess, Malik's comments of wanting to be wanted? Yeah. I mean, at least with Cody, there is, you know, some sustained success. He's held that position down for a long time here. He does need to work on his elevator pitch. I mean, you can't be going into these off season <laughs> meetings and saying, I can't do this. Yeah. I want to play for you, but listen, I'm not a shot blocker. I can't mm -hmm. make shots. I don't really do anything. You got to look deep, deep in the numbers to find my value, <laughs> but look at those screen assists though, David, right, I mean, exactly. that, that's what you need to give me $10 million a year for. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I, but to me, it all comes down to this and you tell me if I'm looking at this wrong, because when I watch these games in the last couple of weeks, you look at, you go up against the Hornets and Scott Brooks finally realized that I'm going to go big and I'm just going to suffocate this Hornets team in the post. And when they have to play Cody Zeller, you know, that takes a little bit away from their athleticism and it just, he's not big enough to, you know, stop somebody like a Lopez brother and then he's not explosive enough to go through these guys on the other end and finish off strong um, at the baskets. I mean, there's clear limitations 
to what Cody adds to this team, just like on a game to game basis, winning games. Um, and, and those games are not all on him. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, for what James Borrego wants to do, and I think what, you know, a lot of Hornets fans want to see, I don't think anyone's looking forward to seeing another season of the center position being Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo exclusively. Like, and, and, and like, you know, that that's not going to happen, but it was just a rough watch down the stretch. And again, I know why Mitch did that uh, to, to begin this season and, and not to mention it this week too, right? Like this team was not in a position to go out there and take a big swing on a veteran uh, center to try and push this team over to some, you know, new level, but it can't go on. <laughs> like, that's it. We need to change at center for sure. And they know that. I think Mitch mm-hmm. addressed that in his exit interview. I think they're done playing around, you know, even, yeah. even with James Borrego having, Oh gosh. I mean, you, you remember the earlier uh, yeah. post game press conference that he had yeah. he called him out He's crying. He's <laughs> crying as a cry for help. And the last, he said the last three seasons, we've had the same problems. I'm trying yeah, to figure was- it out. He asked, yeah, he asked the media, Hey, if you guys got any answers for me, <laughs> you know, like Jeez. it was brutal. And you know, that's what, what sucks about that is. Well, so that's where Cody's coming from. I mean, obviously yeah. that didn't, you know, that stuck. Yeah. And, and that, what sucks about that too, is like biz and Cody are the leaders. They're also, you know, first team, all good guy, which you can yeah. care about that ever you want to, whatever that's worth to you, but they are first team, all good guy. And I and, and Cody's even got some numbers to to back up some decent play. I, I do wonder how much of that does fall on Borrego at times because it, Borrego has this one thing in mind. He he does want rim protection. We can go back to his interim basis at Orlando. It was something you wanted to do: pack the paint, get some rim protection, and that's what he's wanted here. He just hasn't had the personnel. And Bismack is is someone that I guess appeals to you a little bit more in that way. He is going to block more shots. I still don't necessarily think he's better defensively overall when you look at it, but Borrego still valued that so much. He didn't care about not being able to handle slip passes in the post. And and, and that's some of the other questions that I had, but they're going to have to address it. No doubt. And I think they're going to via free agency. They've got cap space. Mitch Kupchak has talked about it. James Borrego has talked about it. David, I think biz and Cody are both off the, off of this team. And I yep. think that you're going to see a young center. We'll see what they decide to do with Vernon Carey and Nick Richards. And I think they're going to sign somebody, you know, in the off season, a veteran guy that they're going to come in and say, okay, this is your position. Now. Thank God we have someone new. Yeah. And Walker, don't you think that is just a total, you know, change in tone from this team as a whole? I mean, cause you mentioned like they're both good guys and for a long time they've been adding good guys and kind of been content to fill their locker room with good guys, you know, not above all else, but, but high up there. And certainly you don't want to bring in jerks, but look, they are clearly saying this is enough. We've got a guy in LaMelo. We've got some other talented players on this team. We've got to go out and get ball players now that are coming here and make an impact. And we can't be, you know, holding the spot for any longer. Um, so, I mean, to me, to hear Borrego, you know, come out and say that mid season, and then to, you know, for Mitch to acknowledge there needed to be changes too. I mean, it sounds like the leadership on this team from the top down is ready to take a step forward and be aggressive into, you know, the overall makeup of this team, which I think should be exciting for Hornets fans. You know, we'll see how it works out. Well, and, and I think, and I think you have new players, but I still think that's a strong locker room. And that's what I love yeah. about LaMelo. We can get to some of his comments in the next segment. LaMelo seems to love these dudes on the roster. You know, he he talks, he says something different and what feels genuine about Bismack being a big brother, about T-Row, as he calls him, being a big brother to him, 
clearly he and Miles have not only developed a relationship on the court, but those guys are tied off of it. It's the first name out of Miles' mouth when he says how good we can be next year once Melo is healthy. They're going to be awesome. PJ and Miles have become close. And I think Devontae and Miles and, and Terry Rogier, and still, even when you lose some of those Hornets holdovers, you're still going to have a strong foundation of leadership. And so maybe they just want to move on. But to your point, yeah, they're going to be aggressive. They don't have to hold on to your Marvin Williams or biz or Cody anymore. And and it's going to be a new era. So as we talked about quite a bit with Mitch Kupchak and James Brago now going into their fourth season, it'll be interesting to see baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online, get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including major league baseball, NBA, NHL, and even your UFC MMA action. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Got one more segment to go. We can talk about LaMelo's comments coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I don't like doing that unless like I am totally annoyed. I don't drop the big joker in spades or that early. I don't drop the big joker. I only do it when I am officially annoyed and I don't want to have this conversation. And I'm going to be real honest with you, Walker. The last thing I want to be talking about at 10 at night is Blake Griffin and the possibility of him coming here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Today on the Locked on Today pod, are Suns fans disappointed that they have to face the Lakers? It's brutal. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today pod. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. I wanted to mention one other thing about LaMelo, what he said. Um, LaMelo doesn't give a whole lot in interviews when he speaks with Mm -hmm. the media. He's very precise. It's not like he stumbles or anything. He just doesn't have a ton to say. One thing I thought was interesting. One, I, I loved taking away his camaraderie with the team. We already addressed that. But he also discussed his wrist and and coming back from that broken wrist injury. And he said, and he was asked about his shooting. He's like, yeah, you know, I wasn't able to follow through nearly as much. He, he gave this sound like it was, it was strenuous to follow through on a shot. And he shot less than 30% from three point range when he came back the last 10 games. And you could clearly see him still struggling with it constantly yeah. grabbing at that thing. So clearly he wasn't hundred percent and he admitted as much, but then turned it around saying, yeah, it's going to get there. Just got to keep working and getting better every day. What did you make of LaMelo's performance in those 10 games? He came back, David. And I guess what did you, as he's in the top three officially for rookie of the year, you know, do you, do you think it's kind of a slam dunk for him? Or do you think there's a real shot? Anthony Edwards does get that award. Yeah, clearly not 100%, I think, to your point. Uh, you could see that when he's out there shooting, his shot was just off, even though he had, you know, would still get hot and uh, in spurts and, and make some big shots. But, you know, especially the free throw line, you know, he just did not look comfortable. Yeah. Uh, he was always trying to keep that wrist warm. Um, so I think that says something about him, just his willingness to want to play, which we knew already. Um, so, but <laughs> that's another reason you're kind of like, ah, let's go ahead and get to the off season, let that thing rest up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, as far as the rookie of the year stuff, I think it's his, uh, but you know, we'll see. There was a groundswell for Anthony Edwards. And certainly I think Anthony Edwards surprised me a little bit. I was nervous about just how sustainable his offense could be. Um, two totally different situations. I think when you listen to people that have watched all year and just seen the impact that LaMelo has had on a winning, you know, winning team, um, 
<laughs> a postseason team, uh, that that'll give him the nod. All the like rookie ladders and stuff that have come out over the past couple of days have him in the number one spot. And as you mentioned, there's officially in the top three. So yeah, I think that's that's probably his award uh to take him. I mean, at this point, I would be surprised. I think it would be an upset at this yeah. point if if he was if he was not the winner. You know, even if he struggled efficiency-wise, coming back under 40% from the field, under 30% from three, he still had his good moments in that one. He still had a great game against Orlando, against Detroit. Yeah. He really helped him out too. So you still had those really nice games from him to maybe offset his overall numbers. And, and you know, we just needed games from him. I think that was the biggest question mark mm -hmm. as to whether Anthony Edwards would take it from him. All of the think pieces midseason were, Hey, he's only played like 57%. There's never been any precedent of somebody playing that few games yeah. and winning the award. Well, you add 10 more onto that. There is precedent. You know, you are getting into to some territory where guys played enough and still won that. I, I agree. It would be an upset. Um, all right, David, we can't have you on without talking shoes. We discussed you coming on today, what time we were trying to work all of this out. And you said, let me take this sneakers L real quick and then I'll join you. What was your sneakers yeah. adventure like today? Yeah, it was short and sweet. Uh, <laughs> actually, I got two L's. So no shoes for me today, which is oh, actually yeah. a good thing. It's a good thing. Uh, yeah, I was going after some uh, Air Jordan 1 OG lows. Mm. Uh, I've become a big fan of the low yeah. because the high, especially in the summertime, I can't, I can't rock that 13 high top in the summer. It just, it's too much. So yeah, I was going for some lows, but, uh, two, two losses on those so far. Um, and so that was it short and sweet. Not, nothing like Nada. He got the win last time we talked. So I he'd bring me some good <laughs> right. luck, but, but, but no luck. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, good luck to you in your sneakers endeavors thank going you, forward. Thank Hopefully you. you can get something <laughs> soon next time you join us. Also, I know you wanted to talk a little about LaMelo, um, the Puma signature oh, yeah. shoe teaser, right? Like, so you're not yeah. sure if this thing is going to be coming out or when it's going to be, but there are some teasers about a signature shoe for Mello. Yeah. I mean, they just put out a few, I mean, really just a light teaser this week on social media. I mean, it's really, it's like a, it's like an imprint or something. It looks like a, an imprint on the moon, like a moon boot and like a Lamello, whatever Lamello's logo is, you know, the one that he wears on his chain, that's like yeah. wings and uh, an, a one in the middle. Um, so, so there, they seem to be teasing that a, a signature shoe for LaMelo is, is on the horizon, which I think we talked about this way back at the beginning of the year, why he would sign with Puma um, other than all the millions of dollars, but it would be to get a signature shoe, right? Like quickly. And you look at, um, you know, someone that's in kind of LaMelo's stratosphere of young player with a lot of hype, like um, Luca. I mean, Luca doesn't even have a signature shoe yet uh, from Jordan Brandon. He's been doing his thing for quite some time. So I think Puma wants to make a splash. Uh, whether they can do that or not is still way up in the air, but, uh, I, you know, it would be their first signature shoe in a while for, uh, for an NBA athlete. They just signed Brianna Stewart to a signature deal, uh, in the WNBA. So that's pretty cool. But for the Lamella to have a signature shoe for a signature shoe got to be in Charlotte Walker. I mean, yeah. that, it's been a while, right? I mean, Gordon Hayward has his, but nobody really knows about <laughs> right. it. But, um, it's been a while to your point. Yes. It's still, yeah. it still rings true. Even with Gordon so, so, Hayward so, here. Yeah. So keep an eye on that as the summer progresses, maybe we'll get a shot of that, you know, on his uh, Instagram or TikTok or whatever the kids are using. <laughs> I mean, David, I, I think LaMelo has a shot to just have his shoe all over the place because of how fun yes. he is. Right. Yes. Uh, the marketability and just the style that he plays, 
it's something young players would want to emulate. The entertainment factor is there uh, just as high as with any other young star in the game. Okay. If you want to argue Jason Tatum is, is better. Cool. He's not more but entertaining. He's not as, no, he's and not, he's not, he's not as, as fun. Yeah. And, and even Zion Williamson, where you might no personality. At, well, and there's no personality, but also, I mean, he's not, he's not giving you the same types of dunks that he had at Duke. He's just so much stronger than everyone. He's finishing yeah. with layups inside the paint. That's not saying never dunks, but David, I mean, how many highlights have you seen of Zion dunking with some thunderous power compared to LaMelo's behind the back passes and mm-hmm. unbelievable, you know, moves going towards the basket. It, LaMelo's had more highlights than Zion. It, it, it's oh, yeah. the, the marketability for Melo. It, it's crazy. It could be a huge splash for Puma once. And I, I mean, not even if, but once they put out the signature shoe. Yeah. And think about like when Steph went to Under Armour, right. And like kids, little kids everywhere were wearing Under Armour, wearing Steph Curry. Nobody used to wear Under Armour. So I think Puma's in a similar position. You know, they have a guy that kids will are already follow, like his following is huge. Um, so I think they're in a kind of a similar position as Under Armour was. Uh, I don't know that they could reach that. Um, I mean, Steph is, uh, you know, in his own stratosphere, but uh, they're in a similar position to uh, not an upstart sneaker brand, but someone other than Nike or Jordan or even Adidas trying to make a splash. And I think they've got the chance to do that with LaMelo. And, and yeah, Zion kind of like, it's odd. He kind of slides into that big man mode. Like no one wants to buy shoes off of big man and Zion that really, that's what he is. Uh, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a more explosive guy, but you're right. Um, we'll see when they start winning, if they can make a jump, but he put out a signature shoe and, you know, and nobody's really checking for it. So right. yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see if Lamella can, can make a splash with Puma. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. All right. That wraps up this edition of locked on Hornets. Thanks again to locker room for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of locked on NBA or really any show on the locked on podcast network. Also a big shout to David Walker for joining us today. David, thanks again, man. Have a great uh, rest of your week. And we can't, I guess what, or I guess we'll do this a couple of weeks from now, maybe when some more interesting content comes out. Yeah, man. Just let me know. You know, I want to be wanted. Still keep that in mind. So anytime you guys want me, I'll be here. You are valued. Can't wait to extend (laughs) an offer later on. Thanks again for joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We'll be back with you on Monday.